Hello and welcome to Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Tonight's episode brought to you by Tote Bags. You never have to buy one, but they always cost you money. I don't know about you, Blockheads, but I'm a big fan of the Mindy Project, and it's a good thing because as a 49-year-old man, I have to assume I'm their target demographic. Congratulations, the Mindy Project. And this is why I'm particularly happy to welcome my guest, David Stassen, a writer and co-producer for that very show. David tells us about getting hired with his writing partner, Ike Barinholtz, who plays Morgan on the show, the fact that they are both on-set writers and how that differs from being in the writer's room. We talk about coming up with big ideas, but making sure they're not so big that they get you fired. And David admits to his obsession with Eastbound and Down star, Danny McBride. Every movie Ike and I have ever written, we've kind of written the lead role for McBride. <laughs> just like, like we just, just hope, hope, yeah, we just think he's so funny, like this... This layer of like aggressive like cockiness, which is just like so thin, he's just hiding all this insecurity. Like it's just the funniest combination yeah, to us. Yeah. It's just a great for a man. Yeah, and it's really strong at it, right? Yeah. I love the fact that you guys sit down and you don't even know the idea yet, but it's already called the Danny Mc. Yeah, it's untitled it's Danny McBride. McBride yeah, McBride's a spy. <laughs> McBride's a scientist. It's McBride's something. McBride's a, a nurse. No, yeah. that'll never work. Yeah. Well, we want to get him on the show, so we'll see. Yeah, right. Yes, we'll see. Hopefully we'll see. I'd love to see that. David and I also talk about some of our unlikely favorite movies and early TV influences and how being the class clown and actually ending up with a career in comedy writing can often be a very different thing. This is episode 27. My guest is David Stassen. I'm J.R. Havlin. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. That's why I didn't Sweet. get my usual drink. Oh, is that right? I didn't want to. I get Which ice. Is what? Just a cup of ice. The espresso over ice. <laughs> oh, really? That's my drink. Yeah. But I didn't want to be. Well, I'll be dumb on a podcast to be making the sound that you just made. Yeah. So I, I if I had known. Um, welcome to the Writer's Block. I'm J.R. Havlin. I'm here with David Stassen. Hello. David Stassen, writer for the Mindy Project. Yeah. Which is awesome, man. It's such a great show. Thank you. I mean, Thank it's you. really like one of those things that's. You know, that whole, oh, here goes this spin-off thing, and I know this person from this thing, and what's mm-hmm. this show going to be like, but it's getting good buzz, and were you there from year one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. we got hired right after the pilot was, you know, ordered, and um, yeah, everyone kind of assumed it was a spin-off, but... The, yeah, not that it was, yeah, yeah, it's just got a spin-off vibe in right, that, you know, right. but it's not at all spin-off. No, not spin-off, it, because Mindy is playing someone an exaggerated version of herself mm-hmm. where in the office she had such a small role as an actress right. was, you know producer on it right um but this is kind of her pr- point of view on on dating and friendship and you know workplace relationships it's so funny when um we work at universal and there's always tour buses going through the lot and somebody heard the other day on the tour now when they drive by our soundstage, there's a big poster of, the, of our show. Yeah. They say, and that's the, the Mindy Project starring Mindy Kaling, who plays a nurse. And she's a doctor. <laughs> but whoever does really? the tour is like, oh, well, she's a woman about, you know, wearing a lab coat. She must be a nurse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's like, you know, the doctor is a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. The doctor was his mother. 
Yeah, but they shouldn't even be giving... How are you giving a tour and getting that wrong? Like, what the hell is that? The theme park, which makes, like, Universal a ton of money, is so separate from the rest of the, you know, whole right, production. Like, yeah, you'd think somebody would let them know. Who plays a nurse. Yeah, she plays a nurse. <laughs> the other... The, On top of the fact that that's no description. That doesn't help you at all, yeah. even if it was true. Right. That you're not saying So anything. is that a comedy? Is it a drama? <laughs> no, it's just it's a show about a nurse. She's a nurse. She's taking blood. How do you, I mean, especially having been there from the beginning, you know, part of the big thing in creating a show and getting it going from the start is to really define the characters as yeah. much as you can ahead yeah. of time. So um, how was, say, Mindy's character, you know, defined mm. to you when you came in? I think everyone in the writer's room for the first couple months had to get to know Mindy, you know, and get her get to know her points of view. You had never met her before? I had met her, like, when we kind of interviewed for the job. Yeah, I didn't. And did you interview with Ike? Yes. So Ike, your writing writer. partner for since high school? Yes. Ike Barinholtz? Am I getting... Is yes. it Barinholtz? Holtz? Barinholtz. Like Lou Holtz. Like but, Lou Holtz. But Jewish, so I had the Baron yeah. of her front. Barinholtz Berg. Barinholtz. Barinholtzstein Berg. Steinbergenstein. <laughs> yeah. No, Ike and I, yeah, we interviewed together because, you know, we're a writing team. Yeah. And, and Ike is on the show. He's on the show. The, yeah. He plays Morgan the yeah. nurse. Morgan the very funny nurse. Oh, yeah. Wait. The guy is a nurse? Yeah. This we're, make sense. we're flipping things, man. I'm, this, yeah. My world's upside I know. down right, right. now. We're our, we should get some humanitarian awards yeah. for <laughs> the, work, the work we're doing. The role reversal yeah. happening there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ike and I interviewed. Uh, she had seen Ike on Eastbound and Down. He had played a Russian relief pitcher. There's a show that I've seen a few episodes of. Yeah. And I have to go, I definitely want to go back and see them all. That's, yeah. That's a really funny show. We're obsessed with Danny McBride. Like, yeah. Every movie Ike and I have ever written, we've kind of written the lead role for McBride. <laughs> just like, hope we just, just take a look. Hope, hope, yeah, we just think he's so funny. Like this, this layer of like aggressive, like cockiness, which is just like so thin. He's just hiding all this insecurity. Like it's just the funniest combination yeah, to us. Yeah. It's just a great for a man. Yeah, and he's really strong at it, right? Yeah. I love the fact that you guys sit down and you don't even know the idea yet, but it's already called the Danny Mc. Yeah, it's untitled it's Danny it's McBride. McBride yeah, McBride's a spy. <laughs> McBride's a scientist. It's McBride's something. McBride's a, a, a nurse. No, yeah. that'll never work. Yeah. Well, we want to get him on the show, so we'll see. Yeah, right. But going back to getting to know Mindy, yeah, like it, it was about like a getting her point of view on just because she's very unique. Like you think she's, you think she's like Sex in the City. Like oh, she just wants to be bubbly and you well, know. you kind of it's it's hard not to equate. Upper, I mean, you know better than mm -hmm. to say like, oh, so you must be like Kelly Kapoor or something, you right? Know? You know her so well as that. Yes, it's hard to, it, yeah. No, even if you know that's yeah. not the case, it's hard to get that person out of your head when you're sitting there looking at. Yes, her, yes, know? yeah. It happens probably for every actor who sure. scores in a big role. Yeah, yeah. So there is some of Kelly in Mindy Lahiri, the the doctor on our show. You know, in, in a you know in in certain scenes but then there's also like the well-read Mindy Kaling who's who's in the show um so it's a mix and there was just I don't know if you followed this there's a, a gun reference in the in the premiere this season I don't I don't what was it I Mindy's mean, I Mindy's boyfriend is saying let's get married fast and she says that sounds a little oh too yeah that was a good joke yeah, yeah she's yeah. like that sounds a little too soon it took me longer to get yeah, my, my right. gun my gun permit right and then there was an article. When they were sitting in the tree. Were they sitting in the tree? When it was there? actually when they're in bed eating um, filet fishes. Okay. They're discussing their wedding. Sure, why not? And 
Yeah, so she says she had to wait a long time for her gun permit, and then there was an article the next day how her character is definitely a Republican, and she has said things in the past, and so, you know, we just oh, kind So of, they're just drawing all these wild conclusions. Wild conclusions, wild conclusions. And then Mindy tried to squash it very quickly on Twitter, and she did, just like, this isn't, you know, real, my character is just, you know, complex the person. Gun, the gun thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a, you know, it was... Also, the fact that you have to go, like, squash that stuff, it's just a fucking joke. Yeah. It's a good joke. It's a, I thought it was a funny it was joke. A I didn't joke. even think, I didn't even really see it as, funny, like, that it got seen as, like, a conservative Republican thing. Like, she was upset that she had to wait that long. I thought right. it... Right. It was a joke about being... I thought it was being, the other way around. Yeah, it was right? a joke about being impatient for your gun. It was yeah. making fun of people who can't wait for guns. Right, right. And the first, the most important part is it was just a joke. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, if Alec Baldwin said something on 30 Rock... People didn't assume that his character was that way, just because he loved Ronald well, Reagan. Well, unless they're a writer, and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. go ahead and they draw these conclusions yeah. and then start writing up all this stuff. But it was good for whoever wrote the article. It was good for them because it got some traction. You know, I think that's kind of the point of writing yeah. that type of thing: it to be inflammatory, right? You get yeah. the, you get the clicks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, so then you have to you have to go on Twitter and deal with that. Yes. It, what a distraction. Yeah. I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you're like this on, I don't think you guys are, because you guys are a little more, you know, political, and we have to deal with Twitter and our job is like all the time. Like a lot of our job is, or we we talk about Twitter at our job a lot, you know, about promoting the show, and did you see yeah. this, and did you see that, and there's a lot of our... Well, we do, I mean, we have our Twitter account, and, right. we, and, and we promote the show each day. We have, like, Twitter gangs, where, uh -huh. like, you know... Oh, you do? Uh, yeah. Give, you know, for, for anybody out there who thinks that Jon Stewart writes every... I mean, I'm sure there are still people out there who think, like, any tweet that comes out of the uh, out of the Mindy Project is written by Mindy Kaling. Right. Any tweet that comes out of it has anything yeah. to do with TDS is written by John. Yeah. It's amazing in these jobs how there are... There's so much happens, and, like... You just and somebody just does the other stuff you don't you're not aware of you know like on our show there's 150 crew members and you show up like we were shooting by the airport this last week at a casino and you show up and there's there's 18 trucks and there's 250 extras and there's food and there's lights and you're just like I did nothing like I drove here and someone handed me. And then the script, <laughs> and I am useless. Or, or either that, or you recall, like, oh, right, I wrote that scene with two hundred and fifty yes. extras yes. in it. I, I yeah. know they were going to yeah. do that. Right, <laughs> crazy. I wrote, yeah, and, and all the producers that were responsible yeah. for putting it together are like looking at you, like they're really pissed off. Yeah, you oh. made me. You had to write a scene with two hundred and fifty fucking extras. Yeah, the line producer. Oh, sorry about that. Yes. You ha you have to make the line producer your best friend. Yeah, because she, in our case, would you know she's the one in charge of that. And, when you're shooting, the, the line producer is kind of the, the 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 person, the producer who's in charge of the the budget, the line by line going through the budget. And when you're shooting at the end of the night, if you feel her over your shoulder, you're like, okay, we have to stop soon because she's the one watching the clock, and like she's the one who knows how much we're paying everyone in the crew for overtime. Right, right, right. And and I guess also just like you know, if you're shooting in a, on a, on a location or something like that, the you know, I was talking to Larry, you know, Larry Wilmore mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and he was talking about like one of the tricks to being successful and continuing to get work and doing the right thing is when you're, you know, when you're writing to write realistically to what can get produced. I mean, you yeah. can't just eliminate that idea. You can't yeah. just say, okay, then three helicopters swoop down and pick up a, a monster, you know, yeah. a, and, and it's sort of like, 
it might be funny, it might even fit, but it, it, but to do it is impossible or ridiculous or way out of the budget. Yeah. So, you know, so you're not really doing your job in that. Yeah, case. it's a fine line because you, you definitely have to do that. And there were times when Ike and I, our, the first thing we ever sold was an action comedy, a movie. And then we were up for action comedy movie jobs after that. And so we were pitching. Oh, and then we actually did, we pitched to get the job to write the movie for Dilbert, which they haven't made and probably because our pitch was so bad. Yeah, right. But we were wow. pitching like, and then Dilbert jumps out of a helicopter and he's swinging, you know, it's like. But is it, a, is it were they, are they trying to make a live action Dilbert? They want to make a live action Dilbert. And wouldn't. Right. I mean, Dilbert, you know, the popular comic book strip from 19. Yeah, their biggest problem is how to get the the, the live action guy to have his tie stick straight out yes. like that the whole time. Yeah. That's, They'll that's, do it in post. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. But yeah, you, you <laughs> so you write like crazy stuff thinking, well, this is how I got. I got my first gig and this is what they want. But then you get in the room and they're, they, they don't want that. And that's also, and then in the other side of it, you can't just think small. Like on our show, Mindy thinks big about scenes. She's the one who's pitching like, let's have a triathlon. Let's, you know, let's go to a <clears throat> frat party. Let's, let's go to an MMA event and have a steel cage and there's extras and 200 people, you know, because if you think too small, the show's going to just feel small. So there's, there's that fine line. Yeah, but then you, as the as a as a writer and not and not Mindy, can't you know have that other fine line of like how far can I push yes. this and not have her get pissed yeah. off at me like MMA? What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, one I hate MMA. <laughs> Two, that's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Three, get out of my office. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sorry. I thought maybe get out know. of my office. Okay, yeah. I'm going home now. It's funny though. I, we we you know we run into the same thing, and and that's just a matter of the level that you're at on the you know on the hierarchy. I mean, you know, yeah. you can. John will come in sometimes and say, "Let's do this," and you're like, "Really? We? I would never have thought that you would go along with yes. doing that." Yes. I mean, I would love to pitch more stuff like that, but right. I, I, I thought you might get mad at me. Yeah, you just never know, like, you know, if if the pit, you know, getting, you know, your boss in the right mood for a certain idea, yeah. a lot of it, that is luck. Well, and then what you t- what it takes to produce something. I mean, a good example is there was this um, really funny thing we did on the show with uh, Jerry Seinfeld. It was something having to do with, like... Uh, um, a Mexican guy delivering a, a Chinese meal or just some weird thing where yeah. like like comedically John had to tell the hackiest jokes he had to not that necessarily the hackiest jokes but like uh-huh. this, the, the 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 easy quick joke yeah. he was turning into like a Don Rickles kind yeah. of thing and um, and he couldn't help himself and he needed counseling he had uh-huh. to call his counselor. So Seinfeld comes out. Seinfeld is his comedy counselor, yeah. like his AA guy, yeah. who's saying, John, you can't do this. You're better than this. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. Don't fall back on this. And we love the idea. We had we had one of them come out. He's out on his place on Long Island. In order to get him there, we had to send a helicopter. Really? Yeah, because for timing and just like, you know, just because it's Jerry and we don't want him to, we're not going to say, hey, can you come out and do you mind sitting on the fucking LIE for three uh-huh, hours? Uh-huh. Is that a problem yeah. for you? And so I'm not going to tell you the cost of that, but had right. I say came up with the idea, but knew that was the only way to get him out, and how much it would cost, I would be like, I'm not going to fucking run this. Right? Yeah, yeah, no yeah, 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 yeah. Mindy, you know, kind of has that thing where if she wants to get James Franco on the show, like Fox is going to go for it. Yeah, you know. But I think if you know if 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 the star of the show wasn't wasn't also the showrunner, I think the, I think. We have an advantage right there, you know. There's kind of a double double push. 
to like get get those get those things. Is now that we're we're speaking a month after we're actually speaking. Or yes. Being okay. Heard, it's is, been a month. All can, right. Or should I? Well, is Franco still on the show? Like I. Franco, no, he did two episodes. Okay, did two episodes. Yeah, episodes. I knew that. Yes. I knew that because yeah. we're already remember in the, the second episode? episode. I remember it was how a great funny episode it was when he left, where yeah. he comes in and he does a thing. Yeah, that was a great gag, and then Good he stuff. left. Did yeah, you write that. Uh, I pitched some jokes in there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Therein lies the danger slash fun of the pre-tape. What are you gonna do? I hope you're enjoying it. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, why not do that? That's a rhetorical question. You should do it. Just do it. But if you have a good answer as to why you shouldn't, email the show at writersblockpodcast at gmail.com and let me hear it. You can also follow the show on Twitter at writersblockpod. You can follow me on Twitter at J.R. Havlin. You can follow David on Twitter at David Staffson. You can follow Justin Bieber on Twitter. Did you know that? You can. It's crazy. You can get super wrapped up in this Twitter shit. Be careful. It is a foul temptress. Let's return now to my interview with David Stassen. Find out a little more about how he got started and some of his early influences. You're listening to the Writer's Block Podcast, but you knew that. You know, you met Ike in high school and you guys started writing together. What are you writing in high school? We wrote the, uh, every year there's a comedy column in our high school newspaper. Okay. And a senior writes it. And when it was our senior year, Ike and I wrote wrote the comedy column for the paper. And that's why we stayed. What we were the were politics moving. of being that? Were there other people that wanted to do it? No, no one else wanted to do it. <laughs> Nobody had the balls? Yeah, there's really like one kid per class every year at our school that was like, it just made sense that they did it. And I think I was on the newspaper staff. Oh, okay. So it was just kind of like I just took the job. Right. You know, it was probably very unfair for somebody. But no one else, I don't think, volunteered. Were, were either you or and or Ike, like uh, the, the wisecrack in uh, like comedy relief high yes, school guys? Yes, definitely Ike. I mean, you know, I like what like John Favreau said once. Like people asked him, oh, were you the funny one of your friends? And Favreau was like, no, kind of just like all of my friends were funny. You know, and that's kind of a hard circle yeah, right, of friends. Right. Like everyone, like this one kid, Mitch, who lives in Chicago. He's the funniest person of all time, but he's just not an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Ike was definitely a class clown. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, so we wrote the comedy column together and then went our separate ways for college. And I went to, North, I went to Northwestern uh-huh. and Ike went to BU for a year, then moved back to Chicago and started doing improv. So did you come up in Chicago? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. I was born in Lagrange. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I have family in Lagrange. Yeah, yeah. Sharkies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> what did you study at Northwestern? Uh, communication studies, which was total bullshit. I have a com- minor in communication uh, skills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Actually, I liked that better. I have, a, you, I have a major in finance, so it was like uh, I liked that better. You know, that was more. Right, yeah, I majored in finance because my dad was like, "You should major you well." It's business administration. There's no no doubt about that. Right. Yeah. And and I was just like, okay, I don't know, whatever. I was it was you know. I where'd you I, go? I went to Cal State Hayward, uh-huh. which is a um, which is not not an not an Ivy League school. <laughs> I'm not even sure Ivy would grow on our campus. It was so not Ivy League. Yeah. Um, and has since changed its name to Cal State East Bay. Okay. But not because Hayward's a shithole. <laughs> Just, they insist. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's but not you, because of that. You wear a Harvard sweatshirt at work now, I heard. Well, it's so close to Hayward. Yeah. There's not a lot of letter changes in there, so it's like, sure. you know. I, you, earned, you earned it. 
Um, so, so you're at. Uh, um, I'm at Northwestern at Ike's in Chicago studying, doing improv. Studying communications. Right, studying communications. You know, studying a lot. Yeah. You know, never missing class. Writing stuff, doing improv, nothing, any interest? Are you? Are you? Are you thinking like I want to write for television one day? What's, yeah, what's your I really, I really got into. It's unfortunate, and this is why I feel like I have a daughter that's about to be born, and when I, my kids will take a year off after high school before college because your daughter I, might be born now by she, now. Yeah, the, daughter's born. No, I think we're no. Going, I mean, oh, by the time this airs. Yes, that's true. She will. Born. She Congratulations will born. on that, by the way. I have a text from my wife. That says, uh, okay, get here she, fast. she's going to stop. <laughs> for God's sake. Help we're me. good. We're good. Service is still closed. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good yeah, she's that's happy. A nice little detail. Yes, I'm glad you yes. threw it in. Um, I meant to ask you how your wife's cervix Yes. I yeah. apologize for not getting that, to it This earlier. is the cervix block, right? Yeah, <laughs> cervix block. Yeah, no, I, I wish I had <clears> known <throat> if I had... One year at, in college, I discovered, oh, I love, like, I love film. I want to be a... I want to be a screenwriter and I've been watching sitcoms my whole life religiously. I want to do this. And I tried to get into Northwestern's film department and they won't let you transfer in because it's very competitive. So that, so I couldn't get in. So I chose like a close mate. I chose a close major. Oh, okay. So you have to, you have to begin at the school in the film program, yes. which is like a different branch of the school. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, think it's kind of unfortunate that when you're 19 years old, yeah, you, like, you have to have made your decision yes. going ahead of time. That's yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah, so that's, I knew when I was, you know, 19, I wanted to do this, and Ike was in Chicago acting, and we were like, all right, we're going to move to L.A. when I finish college and, you know, write movies together. And we pretty much did that, you know, but when you're 22 in L.A., you're kind of like, yeah, let's write a movie, and you grab a six-pack and start drinking, and then yeah. you've written like three pages in three months. Of the best movie ever. Yes, written. yeah. Um. And so this is what, uh, um, I don't know how old you are. What what year were you at Northwestern? I'm 36. I graduated in 99. Okay. And so and, and so what what are you watching through high school and college that's turning you on so much? You know, what, what, what were you? I mean, Seinfeld to me is my favorite show of all time. Yeah. Um, growing up, you know, I watched, you know, just the classic sitcoms and then, um, you know, Family Ties, Cosby Show. Uh, I, I still watch did you watch a lot of stuff that like uh, um, I don't even know how necessarily um, how accessible it was back then maybe DVDs and stuff but would would you or just reruns and stuff did you did you get into like Lucy and the Honeymooners and shit like that or yeah you know Brady Bunch uh, you know, I don't yeah, know yeah Brady Bunch I, I watched a lot of Three's Company growing up which probably screwed me which up which was all rerun but it, that's yeah. all like on whatever WPIX or yeah. whatever it is yeah know? it was all on yeah the Fox I yeah. watched tons of reruns of Lucy I didn't love Honeymooners but I watched it I know uh, I neither did I I, I don't know was, why I think I you know when I watch it now I think it was just uh, they, they were just doing stuff that I didn't understand plus yeah. it's sort of like I mean you think about it it's these two old couples living in a, like a tenement yeah so it's like what the hell does do I have to do with this yeah yeah. yeah. he keeps I think he's gonna kill her one yeah keeps, his fist <laughs> could break her jaw yeah I mean I can barely handle Andy Cap. this guy's really harsh on yeah. his wife yeah I this did. guy wants to kill her Lucy I loved uh, I, I loved actually. What great! I love Lost in Space. Yeah, you know, I used to watch like, it all the time. Watch it all the time, and like what? Like that would I think they've tried to make a version of it. The guy who's created Always Sunny, they they tried to create like a similar like a uh, Star yeah, Trek comedy. Yeah. I forget Bully Going Nowhere, which I think they're trying to redo. But I love Lost in Space. Um, Three's Company. I watched. You know, but I, Lost in Space was not comedy. 
Really? No, it was a half hour, so I just assumed it was. Yeah, but remember, I mean, that was all like overly dramatic and yeah. like. I, a... I always get confused too because I'm considerably uh, like uh, um, I'm 49, so I, I would like I can't remember if I was watching the Brady Bunch and Lost in Space on their original airings or uh-huh. not. <laughs> yeah, I probably was. But I don't. Uh, I, I I think don't Lost know. in Space was before before yeah, your that time. Must have been. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, oh, different strokes for me was was big. Different strokes never got into it. Never, yeah, yeah, it was. I was like the same age as Arnold. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So if I missed an episode, and was, oddly enough, same height. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really sprouted in seventh grade. Poor guy. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> yeah. he did all right. Yeah. He did all right for himself. He, he died, right? I, um, yeah. Let's say I, yes. I think he did. Yeah. Oh, tragic life. And yet, if he didn't, let's take the time. If he yes. didn't, so glad that he's still alive big, and doing well. Yeah, big fan of his current yeah. work. Give me a call if you yes. can. Yeah, have him on the writer's block. Okay, so I'll keep one of those. Get rid of the other one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, you're watching, I, you're watching all these shows. You, 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 are you a regular movie goer? Uh, yeah, you know, huge you, movie goer. Are you are you reading? Books or materials that that are that are helping you to become a writer or get into that world is there, is there that kind of thing too or it's not at that level quite yet? No, yeah, I was just more of a normal kid. I, just I, being influenced yeah. by these shows, but you're no, you you begin to realize now. But you're talking about screenplays, not necessarily just TV. That way, yeah, that you're you're thinking I want to write movies. I was thinking movies when I first from Woody yeah. Allen movies or like is it? The, oh um, God, was, was you there, know, was like there an influence there as well. It, I, I'm. I'm more of a simple man. Like I did, like I knew Woody Allen growing up, but it was more like uh, meatballs. Yeah, like yeah, Ghostbusters. I was yeah. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters uh, Vacation, Animal House, Blues, yeah. Blues Brothers. You know, which isn't a good movie, but because it, it was in Chicago, I just assumed it was awesome. Well, um, Blues Brothers is not is not is not a good movie. Is not a good movie. Go back and try and watch the whole thing. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot of musical numbers. <laughs> There's just there are a lot of good memorable lines. Oh, there's so many good one-liners in it. I do if it's on, I'll watch. Oh, you know what? My favorite movie maybe ever is Midnight Run. Midnight Which, Run's a great movie. I, I, that came up recently when I was in conversation. I was talking to somebody. De Niro had come up, and they were talking about like, really, that guy can do this too? Like, yeah. Fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you can let somebody else. Really, he, you're that good. He's incredible in it. Yeah. They're, they're just they're both like just right in the zone. Yeah, uh, and I just rewatched it, which is why I thought of it. But growing up, I used to watch it all the time. Well, talking about movies that I think I actually talked to some other people about this as well. But uh, movies that I rewatched recently that that hold up was Smokey and the Bandit. Really? Yeah, it might not be as good a movie as I think it is, uh-huh. but I just had it's so ingrained in my mind. Yeah, as a kid, that it was the best thing ever. Yes, that I still watch it, and I'm like, I will let. 15 minutes of flat or like some weird love scene or kind uh-huh. of like stroll along that's not necessary or whatever I'll let it go because yeah because the rest of it I know what's coming uh-huh. and I can and I was like it's giving me the anticipation yes. building up to that do you remember uh, that Richard Pryor movie The Toy uh, but I never I never saw that yeah see that was like for like a 6 year old 7 year old it was about a little kid who has mm-hmm. like every toy in the world he wants yeah. and it it's not except a good except for Richard Pryor. Except yeah, who he does get. But as a kid, it's a great movie. But if, if I went back and watched now, I'm sure it'd be like that with Smoking the Bandit. We're like, all right, this is the boringest twenty minutes of my life. Yeah. But in a minute, Richard Pryor's going to be in a pond getting yeah. eaten by piranhas. <laughs> and I'm going to love it. Yeah, I'm so going to love it. It was so great. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not. I'm going to. I'm going to piss myself right now <laughs> just so that I don't miss that. Exactly. Because I also can't get to the remote and hit pause. 
Um, I actually got that, oddly enough, showing my wife bananas. That, for me, when I was growing up, was like this one of the best yes. things. And yet we couldn't, we couldn't get, like, she was, she's not great at staying awake during almost any movie, uh-huh. especially for watching at home. Yeah. Um, but it was falling so flat with her, which, and, and it really disappointed yeah. me. And, and then, but then as I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, I can, okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I can see how the, you're not, this isn't floating your boat. Yeah. But then I think if I, I could literally have let her go to bed, like take a couple of hits and turn it on again. Yeah. And fucking love it from beginning yeah. to end. <laughs> you know. But I, a lot of that is going to be like, ah, oh, this is where he comes running through. The girl gets a snake bite on her tit. That's comes running all through I the thought about. It's all I thought about when you said bananas. <laughs> it's all I've been thinking about for the last 30 seconds. I have been beaten by a snake. Yeah. <laughs> Help. I, I think my brother and I used to rent that movie just for that one scene. Like, <laughs> over and over, we would just watch that scene. Right, and and, and, and uh, I'm sure not a little part of that was the titillation of seeing a woman holding her breast running yes. through the... Yeah. It was the whole... I it's mean, a big thing. Yeah, I think growing up, like, I think I knew Vacation was funny, but a lot of it was about Beverly D'Angelo showing her boobs maybe twice. Yeah, well, it's also sort of... Uh, um, and now you go back and it's great. So... Uh, a lot of influences, a lot of them kind of the, you know, the, the same thing. Can you think of uh, an unusual influence? That's a great question. Um, an unusual influence. Um, no matter what, where it might come from, you know. Let me think. Um, boy, I, I'd really have to think. An I, unusual. Stumped I stumped you. I stumped the Schwab. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if it's an unusual influence, but I'm a big sports fan. So mm-hmm. I feel like... In L.A., maybe like a lot of the writers in L.A. or they're kind of um, you kind of like look down upon if you're if you're like a sports fan or something among the writers. Yeah, I okay. feel like it's a lot of you know it's they not were, in New York. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's a higher thing to be. It's a higher calling to also be able to sit there and talk sports the entire time. See, I kind of get like embarrassed in our writers' room, like if you know bringing I, something. If up Ike and I are talking yeah. about yeah football too much I can just feel like everyone's like rolling their eyes like oh we're the dumb we're the dumb jocks. <laughs> dumb jocks yeah we're the dumb jocks in the room I don't know if it's influenced my writing but it definitely you know uh I'm aware of it being different than a lot of people in my profession in mm-hmm. LA at least yeah I have to think of some like uh, that question kind of came off of the uh off of the cuff but you know when I asked it I also thought like I'm trying to think of my own like it is an interesting question yeah, yeah. like what is something that you that influenced the your you getting into comedy or, um, you know, I'm I, like when you're talking about being in school and like everybody that you're hanging out with is funny, you know, mm-hmm. and so much so that when you go and become a comic or you go and become your yeah. writer for the mini yeah. project, then you go back to your hometown and you hook up with a few old friends and every one of them is like, oh, I thought it was, I, I thought it was going to be Ron. I don't know how you got that yeah, fucking job. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, you're all right, but you're no Ron. Yeah. Why is Ron... You know, selling hot dogs at the stadium, and you're writing on the minute. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But then there's just a certain drive to do something, and 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 yeah. an ability to like tell stories. It's not just about being you know funny. It's being able to find a funny moment to be able to recognize mm-hmm. you know uh, what's what is humorous and why, so that you can recreate it. Yeah. You know, being yeah. funny in the moment does not give you the ability to recreate that on a page and, and turn yeah. it onto, yeah. into a thing. It's a different skill. It's a totally different skill. Um, when I finished school, I wasn't, that's, I came out to New York and started doing stand-up and that's where I first got involved in, 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 the, okay. in the business. 
But I moved out from California, and before I did, my whole family got together and we went out to dinner at this place um, called Carlos Murphy's, uh -huh. which is a ridiculous name yes. and a stupid chain. Do you know the... Do no, it sounds amazing. In Northern California. So my grandfather's Mexican, Pedro Delgado, and he gets a burrito, and he's sitting there eating, and we're all sitting around, and he's just being really quiet, and we're all talking. He's not doing anything. He's just uh -huh. eating his burrito the whole time, and it goes on for a little while before I butt in, and I say, hey, hey, Gramps, so, you know, how's, how's, the, how's the burrito? And without even looking up, he just, he, he just, he says to me, um, I say, how's the burrito? And he says, too much Murphy's, not enough Carlos. Oh, my God. <laughs> the perfect fucking That's line. amazing. Yeah. And so I'm like, ah. Oh, that is, that's classic. I think about it all the time. Yeah. And now I get to spend the rest of my life trying to recreate a moment like that. Yes. You know? Yes. You made me think of uh, when I was in grad school, um, uh, my professor, Jay Moriarty, who was, he was a retired sitcom writer. He wrote What's Happening and What's Happening Now. Uh, he said there are three types of jokes. And maybe he didn't say this, but he, I remember him telling right, me right, right. there are situational... It's like Milton Berle told him this. Yes, one. yes. <laughs> there is situational... And Buster Keaton told Milton Yes, Burrow. exactly. <laughs> and then uh, someone older before that. Yeah, there somebody. It was, you know, there's, there's situational jokes, character jokes, and joke jokes. And if you can do a joke that's all three at the same time, that's better than doing one or, you know, Character joke is better than a situational joke. It's better than a joke joke, you know, because it's it's what you're saying, like your grandfather's line. Yeah, it was all yeah. three. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you it you break it down was, right where where you were and just the, the 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 delivery. It's just it's all three. I really love that point because that that's um that brings me back to talking about like like the difference between like dads and and uh, um and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right. In that like what what they're doing in one is really joke jokes. Mm -hmm. They they it's hard that early on to establish characters enough where you can do a character joke. Brooklyn Nine Nine has the advantage of people that are recognizable to mm -hmm. people. Not that Martin Mull and all everybody on that right. staff is recognizable to people, but um uh, uh but not as a specific thing. And like right. Seth right. Green is so much more kind of behind the scenes. And uh, um, and the other guy, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, here we go again. I want to say his uh, name is uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi is not a classic comedy. Sit, you know, you don't right. see him in sitcoms. Yeah. Um, so you don't really know what to expect from any of these people. Whereas you can do a character joke right out of the gate. You know. Right. Um, with you know with Samberg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Or even with Joe Latrulio. Yeah, well, Joe Latrulio, you know, right. Uh, you know, Chelsea Peretti to an extent. Yeah. I mean, um, I actually thought that um, I, I, I like her characters different from the other ones, but I think like the, the, she, they have her kind of doing a lot of, mm -hmm. it, it's more like, it's more kind of stand-up-y and punchy and like she's just telling jokes. Yeah. But if they're able to like establish that character as that person in the office mm -hmm. then then yeah. that'll be fine that they, would yeah. help that yeah, yeah right right i think that's what we get into trouble on our show and like it doesn't happen too often but if we're shooting a scene and we're rehearsing it and then it's just it's just people downloading joke jokes you know back and right. forth to each other it's like well this isn't enjoyable for the audience because they're not they're coming to like like as i said before i think hang out with these characters and like in real life we don't just sit back and forth each other telling joke jokes. Right. You know, we, we listen to each other and we say stuff based on yeah, it's sort our of personalities. Like, it's a difference of when you go somewhere and somebody finds out what you do and they say, oh, tell me a joke. It's like this, that's, no, it's, it's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be funny. Yeah. 
That can do something. And then, you know what pisses me off? When I go somewhere and somebody finds out I work for the show or I'm a comic or whatever, yeah. and, they, and they say, this happened to me at a fucking hardware store the other day. I was wearing a, <laughs> a, a, a comic strip shirt. Yeah. And the guy said, oh, yeah, I like that place. What, what do you do? What Do you, do you work there? So I'm like, I've, I've, I've worked there on stand-up. Oh, tell me a joke. It's like, I just want to buy some screws, yeah. man, first of all. And he says, come on, tell me a joke. I said, well, why don't you give me a discount on the screws? Tell me a joke first. And I'm like, I, and then I remember I said something that was very amusing to me in the moment, uh-huh. but he didn't get it at all. Well, the first thing was And was amusing. still waiting for like a setup punchline joke. Yeah. And I'm like, I just did something funny right there. Yeah. I know I'm not getting a discount on the screws, but I just did something funny. Yeah. You didn't recognize the, it. I can't help that. The asking for the discount on the screws was funny. <laughs> I, he should have got that. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Ah, you're good. I yeah. like it. The discount on the screws. Yeah. Sure. You're not getting that, but yeah, thanks for the joke. The only people that have it worse than us are doctors, I think. We like, take a look at this. All of my my brother has friends that are doctors, and I'm I'm texting them all the time. Like oh, but, yeah. texting them, you know, pictures of my moles. Or or if you once you have your kid, if you know anybody who's a pediatrician, then you're gonna be bugging the shit out of them. Yeah, that. yeah. You know, at two o'clock it. in the morning, like, what do I do? He's got like he's crying. <laughs> it's a fucking baby. It's a baby. <laughs> So they're just going to cry, right? I just have to prepare for that. So they do that? Yeah. Because I, I didn't know. Oh, have God. you read anything? I'm reading one book and I fall asleep every time I pick it up. <laughs> well, it's a good thing David was getting sleep then because he's got a baby now. Sleep just got kicked to the curb. Trust me on that one. Just a quick thank you to the Core Writer's Block crew, David Klatt and Willie Orbison. Thank you. Now it's time for a suggestion from the WBP archives. This week, I'm going with the one and only Rob Cordry. Here's a clip, though I'm not sure which clip I'll actually plug in here yet, so I'll just introduce it by saying, here's a clip. The way I like to solve problems is like, say I have uh, a problem in a relationship with someone, I'll talk to that person when I'm driving or in the shower, you know? I mean, we all do it. That's how, I and I, if you're, if work you're, out if you're if you're if you're talking to somebody in the shower, yeah. I don't know if you oh without them there. No, without them there. I, okay. I'm having I'm having practice conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by having practice conversations, you sort of work out the problem. Right. You know, I find myself doing that a lot. I like the idea that you have those practice conversations, and in your head, that was great, man. That was really good. I, that problem doesn't exist in my head anymore. And you, you like say you come home and it's Sandy. The problem still exists. No, we no, talked no. about this. Well, yeah, it does not. We worked it out. I, we worked it out. You weren't there, but it was great, <laughs> honey. You would have loved what I, I said. I cannot do it now. Trust me, it doesn't. You, you don't. You don't get. We're done. I can't believe you can't move on from yeah. this. You should yeah. go for a drive or take a shower because I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> it works. That's how we work out all our problems. Man, what a great clip that was. Episode 14 with guest Rob Cordry. Check it out. It's actually one of my favorites. I love that guy. And now, get comfortable. It's the thrilling conclusion of my interview with David Stassen. We're back with uh, uh, David Stassen, writer for the uh, Mindy Project. Co-writer, sort of. Partner. Writer. Yes. You I guys ever... are hired as a team? We're hired as a team. Okay. Correct. David is uh, uh, writing partners with Ike Barinholtz, who plays Morgan on The Mindy Project. And so that has got to be an extra burden on him, at least time-wise. Yeah. We have a kind of a unique situation um, where the first episode Ike and I wrote, um, well, last year, Mindy had talked about she wanted an on-set writer like John Regi was on 30 Rock. And he was a writer on 30 Rock who apparently was on set for just about every episode. Huh. 
And Ike it's and I... almost like the punch-up guy. Yes. And Ike and I, our episode was number nine last year, the first one we wrote called Teen Patient. And um, after that, it was the first... When you're the writer of the episode, you get to be on set, right. working with the director, telling him, oh, we want the joke to be like this, and you know, just giving advice and kind of... I won't say co-directing because then the director's guild will get mad, but you know, in TV, the writer has a lot more pull than in film. And so after that first episode, first episode we wrote, um, Mindy said, uh, I want you guys to be on set a little more. And Ike and I have just kind of become now the onset writers. Oh, nice. So even if he's acting in a scene, I'm there also. So we're still kind of staying as a writing team. I watch every scene from, um, from the monitors. And he is in the scene or not in the scene, and we're the ones. Well, that's of, great for you to learn that much more about the production as well, right? It's great. It's like you know the first um, TV show I've written on, and it's like getting thrown in the deep end. Yeah, right. Just you know, on a great show with like well, the pedigree you. and all that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's working with great people and having to fix stuff like between rehearsal and setting up the cameras for the next shot. Like it's just great experience. Right. And I love, I love coming up with like a new joke in the moment, you know, or hearing something yeah, in, a, yeah. in a take and being like in the next take after he says that, say this. Um, so yeah, we're on set together all the time. So even though he also acts, you know, it, that's kind of how our, our, our partnership still works. Right. Yeah. So we're not in the writer's room uh, on a daily basis. Unlike most where a lot TV of stuff writers. happens though with the breaking stories and all of that yeah. stuff. So that yeah. that that uh, that's interesting. But I mean I'm sure you're involved at that at some point or another, as much as yeah. as much or more than Mindy even. Well like well, she's gotta be extremely busy on top of that. Yeah, she, she Mindy and Ike and I don't get in the writer's room. You know, we're there in the writer's room from like June to August before we start production. We're there every day, you know, breaking Eight, right. eight to ten episodes and people go off and write those and now that we're shooting we'll have what's called a hiatus week where the people who are in the in the crew they don't go to work you know they're off we're not shooting but all the writers are in the writer's room for that week you get back and you go through a bunch more stories you start on yes you know, so that's so we get to catch up like once every three to four weeks we're not shooting and that's when we'll catch up on okay where are we now we're on episode 14 and what do we need to add and who, what guest star? And we have to break more episodes and send more writers off on outline and send them off the script. Um, that's one thing I love about uh, live action TV is the product is coming, coming out fast. It's like you don't get bogged down in development notes or, you know, rethinking ideas. It's like, oh, we have to shoot this in three days. So as a writer who for years wrote stuff and got feedback and didn't sell it and didn't get stuff made. It's great just to like say a joke in the room and then a week later it's being filmed. Yeah, right. You know, that's, that's what... And but or we, even more exciting is being on set yeah. and coming up with the good line that then you, they do and everybody's happy with it and you're like, you know, that, that kind of immediate, like, it's weird that you can be in that situation and still get that kind of immediacy of satisfaction that you can get from doing stand-up almost. Something yeah, like it, it is. It is a. It's almost uh, scary how how uh, uh, gratifying it is. It's yeah. like, oh wow, like I have major ego issues like, that I I crave this now. At the Daily Show, um, a lot of times you'll be on something that is like if you're working on a um, on a Back in Black or Larry Wilmore thing or, uh -huh. or a John Hodgman thing or something, where you'll be working on it like for a week before mm -hmm. it's on. So you, that's all you're working on all week, and yeah. you're really barely involved in anything else, kind right? Of thing. Um, and there's rewrites in that. And then 
it goes down and then you rewrite again. And once you get it on, you usually have a pretty good, you know, a, a, a higher level of ownership of that piece yeah. than you would like a headline that you worked on that just kind of got changed and you weren't involved in the final process. Right. So much. But there are also, um, when we do kind of like goofier or simpler, like second act bits where um, the, when you're writing one of, one of those, it's sort of like a headline. And, um, and you go down to the studio to rehearsal and after rehearsal, they go into rewrite and, um, John and, and, you know, executive producers and stuff will be involved in rewriting the first act. And, but before they do that, he'll give us notes on the second act thing and we go off and rewrite based on those notes and then come back in while they're rewriting the first act, come back in and show them what we did and then change it with them in the room and still even come up with a couple of things in the room and it's that same sort of thing like 30 minutes later you're sitting in your office and you're watching me does that line and it kills and you're like ah oh, yes it's great it's the best Fantastic. and then you know yeah there was a the nfl promo on sunday they one of my jokes was in the commercial for the mini project and like i got to tell my oh parents, really my, my, oh, my, great during nice. the bears game and my parents what was the joke it was when um, Mindy walks into the office with her short hair for the first time, yeah. and um, Tamara, the uh, the female nurse, not my writing partner, says, "Uh-uh, little boy, we I told you we don't want no candy bars." Yeah, yeah. And you know she's mistaken. You mean the, old, the is that the older woman? No, no, the uh, the African American uh, woman. Oh, oh yeah, oh she. But there was another line that she had. That that whole scene was great. Oh, and she thinks Mindy's name is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glob. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. People, yeah. That was that was Kaylee. I loved it. Yeah. That was, oh that, my God, was that good? That was all Mindy. Ah, uh, well, tell her I loved it. I will let her know. Yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, but my it's just God. great to hear those and like tell my parents. I, back but in yeah, also, just the way it was done, just I, I'm sure I thought her name was Glob. Pretty sure it was Glob. Pretty, <laughs> pretty sure it was Glob. Yeah, she's yeah, she's you know sticking her guns. Oh God, it's that funny. Yeah. And there was another great interaction with the older woman. I'm sorry, I don't know her her name. On the show, her name is Beverly. Beverly. The okay. actress is Beth Grant. What was the thing in the? Do you remember in the in the in the premiere what you did? Um, it was very crude. Like, oh, you know, I think they they've caught Danny looking at porn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it when and Beverly says, "What's the big deal with masturbation?" I did it while we were having this discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, I, I just yeah, I yeah, finished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's such a sweet lady, and we make her so perverted. Ah, that's so funny. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, right. Um, thank you very much. Thank David. you so it's much. Good to meet you, and uh, um, say hi to everybody on set who I don't know. I will, and congratulations on winning having, having, last yeah, month. Let's, yeah, let's do another. Let's do another one. Well, thank you very much. It was really nice to have won the uh, the Emmy Awards again, and uh, I appreciate that. Of course. And take two. Go ahead. I'm very sorry that you guys didn't win. I was pulling for you. It's a bit of a drag, but I'm yeah. glad that Colbert won. That was fun. It was nice to see them win. It was nice to see Conan win. Oh, yeah. I loved when Conan won instead of us as bad as I feel. Yeah. I have a lot of friends over there, and that's a nice sure. thing. So yeah. that but, was good, too. But good for Jimmy Kimmel. Fantastic. I, um, I, I, I don't even know that he's nominated. <laughs> <laughs> we might have bit off more than we could chew. All right. Uh, um... Till next time, uh, uh, David Stassen, thanks for uh, uh, joining us on the Writer's Block. Say goodnight, David. Goodnight, David. Goodnight, David.